goodness. I mean, there's blowouts. And then there's what we witnessed on Sunday in Orchard Park. It's Let's Go Duffalo, an Odyssey podcast. You can catch it on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I am Pat Duffy, joined by my co-host, Mr. Ryan Duffy. Hello, Patrick. How's it going? I'm doing great. Okay, I want to address right off the bat something that you were nervous about Sure. Uh, going into this game. We'll get to that in just a second. Mm-hmm. We do want to give you a heads up. Uh, we are taping from our home studios today. Yes. But the next broadcast we do will be once again live from Tappet on Ooh. 1761 Scottsville Road. Come on out. We'll be there from 6 to 7 o'clock. Because trivia starts at 7. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but delicious food, fantastic drink. Come on out a week from today. We're taping it. It's Monday. It'll be the day after the Bills-Chiefs game at Tappet 1761 Scottsville Road. We'll see you out there. Real quick on Tappet. I remember when we were recording there last week, I, where we were set up is right where the food comes out of the kitchen. And I have never been more distracted seeing the plates of wings coming around the corner. They looked fantastic. Yeah, I'm absolutely good. going crazy on them next week. Food's good. Uh, Highly recommend everyone get out there and try it. All right, so we'll see you there next week from 6 to 7 at Tap at 1761 Scottsville Road. So uh, 38-3 win for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Oh, Gabe, you watched the game. Gabe, I was at the game, right? Oh, fun. Yeah, I was actually there. Oh, that's cool. Me too. Gabe, you weren't there. I watched the game. Okay, great. The game wasn't even that close because the Bills turned it over inside the five twice. I don't think you're remembering properly. It was pretty close for about 15 seconds. <laughs> Well, it's funny you bring that up because, look, man, I'm going to shoot you straight forward. Please. I'm sitting in the – my seats are on the 20-yard line three rows back. No big deal. So everything that happens on the initial kickoff with Taiwan Jones happens right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And you're third and ten. You're not gaining any yardage. Look, our big fear last week when we were talking about this game is that Mike Tomlin was going to drag you into a dirty, gritty, short yardage rech game. Did it last year, week one. Has done it countless times throughout his tenure as a coach in the NFL. And the kickoff – and the first two plays are going that way. In fact, Josh, somebody gets a, whole, a hand on a ball on one of those first two plays. It, it, the, even the the kick, just on the kickoff real quick, even from the get-go, I had the sinking feeling of like, oh, come on. I know. Like, this, this is how this is going to go here. And what's what actually kind of kicked me out of that mood initially, and I'm not even talking about what happened on that drive, but Taiwan Jones on the telecast, you obviously didn't see this because you were there in person. But as he's walking to the sideline, he kind of has this smirk on his face of like, oh, that was kind of stupid. And, and for whatever reason, it gave me a sense of relief and calm of like, that seems like it was a fluke. I think we're going to be okay. But then the next two plays weren't very good. No, they weren't. But then came this one. Josh in the shotgun, four yards deep in his end zone. Snap. Josh handles it. Back to throw. Pocket collapsing. Fires a deep one downfield. Looking for Gabe Davis. Makes the catch at midfield. He's going to sail into the end zone. Gabe Davis at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown. Holy mackerel. 98 yards. Touchdown. Gabe Davis on third and 10 at their own two. That's the way to start. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. Two mackerels on the same call. A lot of mackerel for John Murphy (laughs) on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network call. So that touchdown pass ties the record for the longest touchdown pass in franchise history. Interesting. Do you know who they tied with? Um, I want to say J.P. Lossman. Nope. Okay, no. Then, then the answer is no, I don't know. Right, Fitzpatrick to Terrell Owens. 98 really? yards. I believe it was on the road against Houston. Well, Tennessee at the time, but they were wearing their Houston throwbacks, if I remember correctly. Okay. You don't remember that play? No. I, maybe on the road. Ro- did the piece for like the last 30 yards? Oh, no, I don't. I, I didn't. Re- no, okay. I didn't know that. So here's the thing. Every week you think you've seen Josh Allen do the most amazing thing he's ever done. Yeah. And then every week after that, he goes, hey, go F yourself. 
watch this. Right. And he goes and does something else. He asks his previous self to continuously hold his beer. Yes. It's like holding up a mirror in the back of like the, the, the bathroom mirror where you just see like an infinity of yourself. Just like the previous versions of you being like, you're going to be better. Josh Allen threw for a personal best 424 yards. Goodness. He threw for 348 and four touchdowns in the first half. Holy mackerel. (laughs) That 424 yards that he threw for was a Bills franchise regulation record. Mm. That four touchdowns is a tie for his personal best. Mm. He also tied with the lead for the team in rushing, and he did all of that in three quarters. Yeah. Three freaking quarters oh by the way he did start the fourth quarter drive he did start that so i'm just saying he did also play into the fourth quarter but but all it was was james cook's first touchdown all i'm saying is that he did play four quarters now by the way what a beautiful first touchdown that was snap and they give it to james cook the rookie finds a big hole right side cuts back to left left side and he sails into the end zone (laughs) touchdown james cook 24 yard touchdown run he went right, he cut back left, and there was nobody in front of him. Like, literally nobody. There was nobody in front of him. Mackerel! <laughs> so going back to Josh Allen. By the way, John Murphy Bills Radio Network. There's no better call. I'm sorry. Come on, we can have fun. We're playing around. Who's upset? Was, was Murph going <laughs> to show up? I, I felt like I was being mean there. Mackerel! I would have been excited too, please. Josh Allen with his 424 yards passing, his four touchdowns, his tied for the team lead to rushing. He did all of this with only two wide receivers he started the season with. Right, because McKenzie was uh, was out. He's out, the concussion. Uh, By the way, called it last week. Everyone said I was stupid. There was no way and the NFL was letting any guys questionable with head injuries play after the Tua thing. Yeah, and you saw it you know, throughout week five as well, uh, like in-game action. But no, it makes sense. I saw that McKenzie, had, he had, was uh, talking to the beat uh, before the game, I think maybe Friday, and uh, and he said that he felt like he was good to go. But you're right. I mean, makes sense. And at the end of the day, like you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's probably best that we sat him to uh, to prepare him for what's coming up next week. And we but, we got time to get to that. Of course we do. Just so, I'm just saying. Just 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 saying. Both uh, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis go over hundred yards. Gabe Davis, the Man. weirdest stat line of his career: hundred seventy one yards, two touchdowns, three catches, mm-hmm. three catches. You know what's funny? Is I no one cares about anyone's fantasy team. I'm just gonna put it out there right now. But no, but, but I'm just saying as as a um as a fa- a very casual fantasy player with my friends, um I have Gabe Davis on my team. I hate you so much. I know, I know. I my whole team is Bills. I don't no, care. I don't, no, no, no. I don't care. Like you, you started the sentence the right way. What's that? Nobody cares about anyone's fantasy but... team. No, and then you should have said that's what I have to say and then move down to the next point because <laughs> never in my life mm-hmm. have I ever heard anybody say oh my fantasy team and I put my hands together lean forward and go tell me more I here's the thing if okay no I'm not gonna say it. no no I was no, just no, gonna no, say no, no. it bitch go ahead <laughs> no what I'm going to say is it is 100% feast or famine this season with Gabe Davis I, I I think he got I, I play through sleeper uh, no promos here I don't, we're not endorsed by sleeper but I will say I think he got me 35 points alone a okay. wide receiver alone you say feast or famine he was hurt after the first week oh of course I'm just saying as a, as the output is if you look at the the, the game by game action yes. I mean yes. you got six points I think he did well in the opener uh, obviously hurt but you know you still play him because maybe he's gonna get you a touchdown here and there he is Gabe Davis after all and a uh, game Gabriel Davis, excuse me, and um, and yeah, no. Yesterday, I, I should we're recording on a Monday. Uh, the game on Sunday was uh, fantastic stat line wise for Gabe Davis. Absolutely. Um, 
Khalil Shakir gets his first like major action of the season. Had a couple Ooh. of clutch catches against Baltimore that helped on that final drive. Yeah. But Khalil Shakir goes for 75 yards in his first NFL touchdown. Chucks the ball for his first touchdown, not realizing it's his first touchdown. Did he? Oh, I didn't realize that. Josh Allen went and got it back for him. Oh, I um I must be th- okay, I'm confusing that with um <laughs> with another play that was memorable for a rookie player that I'm sure we'll touch on. Um but uh, but yeah, I didn't realize that he tossed the ball. That's yeah, hilarious. So he chucked it. He said after the game that Josh Allen came to him with the ball and said, "Hey, this is your first touchdown." What are you doing? Why are you doing this? <laughs> That's you know honestly that gives me even more respect for Josh Allen and his situational awareness. Even when the you know after the whistles, he's still got his head on a swivel, looking out for his team, always ready to execute. God, I love that man. He is great. But all right, so outside of Gabe and Stefan, again, they both go over a hundred yards. Gabriel, They're great. Your bottom three receivers, Khalil Shakir, who didn't dress at all Mm -hmm. uh, for the first two games of the season. Yeah. Isaiah Hodgins, who comes off the practice squad for the first time. He had a really nice catch along the sideline to keep a drive going. Yep. And then Tanner Gentry was your fifth wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you familiar with Tanner Gentry? I know he's been him and Han on the practice squad. I know he went to Wyoming with Josh. Mm -hmm. I know that I figured that was kind of his in on the team familiarity wise. That's been the big joke is like he's Josh's buddy and they want to keep him around for Josh. That's why he's been on the practice squad. However, he was on an NFL roster previous to the Bills. He played with the Bears. I believe it was 2017. He was active for a handful of games. Okay. Going into the game Sunday, he had not had an NFL catch in like 1,080 days. Okay. He was targeted once. No catches. I was going to say, when you said Tanner Gentry, I honestly didn't even realize he had dressed. I mean, it makes sense given the the wide receiver. Yeah, you only have five people that you had available because you let go of Tavon Austin. Yeah. Tanner Gentry was such an afterthought in that game. I went on FanDuel to try and put him in for an anytime touchdown because I figured mm-hmm. they got that old school thing going on. He's going to try and get him a touchdown, right? Yeah. He wasn't even on the board. Really? You could not take Tanner Gentry to score an anytime touchdown. That's how much of an afterthought he was. Were Josh and Tanner Gentry on the field at the same time, or was Case Keenan playing at that point? Oh, that's a good question. No, I know Gentry was out there. I don't know who was threw okay. Gentry the ball, gotcha. but I know he had been out there with Josh at certain points. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, no, I would. I mean, I would have taken the same action only because of the same you know connection that they've had uh, throughout their career. So, so the defense looked amazing too, right? Yeah, how the Steelers are three points. Uh, they do have a granted they had a rookie making their first ever NFL start. I do want to talk to you about this, please. Uh, so, I know what's coming. So uh, over the weekend, you made your television debut on the Rochester press box. Yes, and we were talking about the game, and you said that you were nervous mm-hmm. about Kenny Pickett starting against the Bills. You know what's funny? So I stand by this, and I actually heard a stat. I don't recall where I heard it. Probably another, uh, you know, not as good podcast. Probably, let's just yeah, say that. Absolutely. Um, but there was, a, so Bill, the Bills going into the game on Sunday were the number one ranked passing defense, if I recall correctly, if not one or two. Yeah, sure. Um, the last time a rookie quarterback played against, or I, I, maybe not the last time, but my point is, there was a rookie quarterback that went against the number one passing defense mm-hmm. and beat them. Mm. And and tell me, do you know who it was? Josh Allen. No. Oh, sorry. It was Ben Roethlisberger okay. for the Steelers. Okay. I don't recall who the team was. Let's just say it was the Seahawks. Okay. But are you talking about the season the Steelers went fifteen and one? Uh, yeah, because that was his rookie season. All I'm saying, just don't pick pick apart my argument when it doesn't <laughs> when it doesn't behoove me. Okay. Gotcha. My point is that there was a sense of the unknown, and I stand by my anxiety. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and pick apart after the outcome. That's great. Oh no, I didn't do that. I picked it apart before the outcome. 
in front of your face. Well, uh, congratulations for for betting on on the likely horse as opposed to having some kind of foresight to be like perhaps this could be a little bit uh, of a challenge. Perhaps the probability was low. And if I recall, I actually said that verbatim that it was a low probability that he would find sustained success against the Bills even with Poyer out, which I didn't realize Poyer was going to be out at that point. So it added even more mm-hmm. uh, anxiety for me. Anxiety is a, is a is a hard word. Let's just say no, I mean, you brought um, it up. It was anxiety enough. Look, the Bills are the number one, arguably the number one defense in the league. Sure. Sean McDermott eats rookie quarterbacks for breakfast. Only three have ever beaten him. One of them was last year, Trevor it's Lawrence. Milk. They, <laughs> they held him to nine points anyway. One was a week 17 against like Sam Darnold opening weekend. You're going to, br- <laughs> I was going to say that. What, weekend. what a, what a picky and choosy argument where it's like, he held Trevor Lawrence to nine points. How many points did the Bills score that game? Six. But my point is it wasn't the defense that was the problem it was the offense whatever you didn't think what you thought josh allen was gonna go score six points against that steelers defense yesterday oh i didn't think he was gonna score six points against the the urban meyer led jacksonville jaguars last year but look where we are now no of course like the 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 probability was high that josh allen was gonna go out and the uh, the bills offense was gonna go out and absolutely smack the steelers defense and they did congratulations for for uh for putting your your faith in the most likely of outcomes. All I was trying to be prepared for was the the little bit of unknown. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett starting. Who knows how first, good he's going to be. First ever NFL start, by First the way. ever NFL With start. With no talent around him on that field. His offensive line was terrible. You saw how quickly that defensive line was getting to him all day long. And and I also just want to make another point that I mentioned on the press box where you kind of tore me apart, where the Bills in 2018 were a 16-plus point underdog. 16-and-a-half point dog to the Vikings on the road. To the Vikings on the road in week four, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned it wasn't Josh Allen's first start. You're right. It was his first road start, okay, however. Okay, great. Okay, if you, I'm just saying, like, there, there are parallels to both of these situations. Yeah, except that Josh Allen went in and won that game, and... Uh, did his first ever hurdle over a linebacker, and Kenny Pickett was running for his life all day. Now, granted, Kenny Pickett, he, you know, the Bills get up so high, he's going to throw the ball all day. Sure. He did throw for 327 yards, which I believe is a season high for a quarterback against a Bills defense. Actually, no, I take, wait, did 2F 350? I, I don't no, recall. He didn't, no, he, he, didn't, no, he didn't have a good air game. How about that? Kenny Pickett might have the most yards against this Bills defense through the air all and season. And didn't score a touchdown. And didn't and didn't score a touchdown. Can we talk about that, too? Mike Tomlin, we had talked last week about how Mike Tomlin is just steady, eddy, safe guy. You said that Mike Tomlin is steady, eddy, safe guy. He is. And also, hang on a second. Wait a minute. You also gave me so much garbage last week when I said, and <laughs> okay, you tore me apart when I said that I think that you have to go with Kenny Pickett for the, for the remainder of the season uh-huh. when we recorded that show. Sure. And and, and I swear to goodness, when I got in my car, I got a notification from, from Bleacher Report saying that Kenny, right after we recorded the show, that Kenny Pickett was going to start. And I wanted to text you or call you, but you were driving and I didn't want to put you in an unsafe position. Oh, but I'm, it, it feels so amazing to be right and just rub it in your face. You were wrong about everything we've just talked about except for that one little thing. I was wrong about being concerned. I never said Kenny Pickett was going to go in and beat the Bills on the road. You were were concerned enough when you brought it up? A guy who lost 38-3? to You don't know what's going to happen is my point. I called it. I called it the whole conversation. Okay, whatever. We're we're arguing about two completely different things. I'm mad, Ryan. I'm not mad. I'm I'm steady Eddie Mike Tomlin. He won, though. He's so steady Eddie that down... 
24 to 3? He's kicking field goals. By the I way, know. missing him. He missed two field goals where they should have. Why are you not going for the end zone there? What yeah, do you have to lose? I, I honestly like. Like it, you're cutting it to a three possession game. The Bills at that point had had touchdown passes of 98 and 64 yards. You 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 said it best. You have nothing to lose at that point. I mean, how what, what was the point differential at that point? They were up by maybe it was 24 to three. 24. So to he three. was going to cut it to a three possession game, but like. It's three touchdowns against this Bills offense. This yeah. defense has been stuffing you. Why would you not? Just for confidence for the kid. Yeah, I, I was going to say if there's ever a um um if there's ever a time that you would want to get some exposure to your rookie quarterback um now and and where the game is completely out of hand, like that was kind of the opportunity to do it. I'm not telling you how to do your job, but it seems like a missed opportunity. All right, real quick. Um, Kenny Pickett did have success against one Bills defensive back. That would be rookie first round pick Kyir Elam. Yeah. Kyir Elam targeted 13 times, 10 completions, 120 something yards against Kyir Elam. Yikes. Rough, but he did have one shining moment. Snap to Pickett, back to throw. Fires one down the left side. Picked off. Intercepted by Kair Elam at the Buffalo Bills 43-yard line. He goes right down there. Deontay Johnson, the intended target, and he touched him down. All right, so we'll talk about this more later in the show. Mm -hmm. If there is one concern I have after that game, Kair Elam, if I remember the statistic correctly, had not been targeted, given up more than four catches in any previous game in his career. Granted, mm-hmm. his career is only five games deep. Right. Well, but he also did go against a really dynamic wide receiver pair in in uh, uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. So, I mean, you got to give him credit. Okay. If Kenny Pickett was able to do that with his wide receivers last week to Kyrie Elam, what happens Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs? So, I actually, I'm glad it happened. So, yeah, it's a bad look for sure. I mean, he did get the pick, and that's a great confidence boost. Good for him. Um, I I truly chalk that up to to good preparation and scheme against what Kyer Elam and the Bills young Bills secondary had put on tape up to that point because a lot of the, the those uh, those targets came early on in the game. So to me, I see that as okay. The the Steelers are go- doing good film work and good prep for for what the Bills our defense is going to give them. And they were giving him some some underneath stuff and, and, and letting him have and maybe not letting him have it. But and, and like I said, I think it's a good uh, learning opportunity for for Kyer Elam and, and the entire young secondary uh, to uh, to kind of learn from your mistake in a somewhat controlled environment where you're against a team that is likely not going to be. Um, doing any kind of like long term damage on you, so I I'm I'm okay with it. But but I I see your point. All right, so we'll get more into that with the Kansas City game. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, but we have a very special guest that's gonna be joining us for the. Uh, I've been very excited waiting to talk to this guy all week long. We booked the interview. Mm-hmm. He is one of the. How do I put this? Most unique players in Bills history. Oh, talented, undrafted free agent, made this town his own and will be loved forever. Former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stevie Johnson joins Let's Go Duffalo next on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Buffalo Bills franchise is littered with unique impact player characters. 
but one of them stands a little higher above the rest. Who's that? It's Let's Go Duffalo, an Odyssey podcast. You can catch it on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast, but you know that because you're listening to myself, Ryan Duffy, sitting across from me. By the way, hi. if you are getting us on Apple on the Odyssey app, Spotify, subscribe, shoot us a rating. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Okay, don't. that sounds creepy. We really, really appreciate it. And if you could not sound creepy, I'm trying to impress this next guy because Bill's legend. Everybody in Orchard Park loves him, not just for what he did in between the lines playing ball, but the way that he conducted himself. Because he's like an Orchard Park kind of guy, Western New York kind of guy. An absolute staple who endeared himself to the fans, no doubt. And here's how great he is. He's been running around all night trying to get his kids picked up from all their practices, and he's still cool enough to come hang out with us here on Let's Go Duffalo. Joining the show, former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stevie Johnson. Stevie, what's good, buddy? Stevie, what's good, man? How you doing? Man, I'm all good. How you doing, man? Thanks yeah. for the op. Right, no, no worries. How are the kids, bro? We, I mean, you're talking to two guys that also have two kids, so we know how much of a nightmare <laughs> they could be. Yeah, you know, it, we everywhere with it. They, they growing, so they in different leagues. You know, we, we left and right with it. <laughs> so wait, how old are they now? Yeah, 14, 13, and 10. All right, I want you to oh, know man. how old I feel <laughs> that you have a 14, 13, and 10-year-old kid. That's wild. That's wild, huh? Hey Stevie, uh, my name's Ryan. I'm Pat's brother. I, um, what is this a job? Uh, no, I want to. I want to. I want to introduce myself because I haven't talked to you yet. Um, that I, I can't imagine with like the the different like practices and leagues, like driving all around the place. Like I have two little ones. I have one. Or I one's going to be three in December, and one is nine weeks old. So like all I do is like pack them in the car, and they just <laughs> they come with me everywhere I go. So Wait, like nine weeks. Nine okay. weeks. Yeah, man. That's what's up. Congrats on that. That's fresh. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, she's cool. Her name's Georgia. She's uh, she's she hangs out. She doesn't talk. It's it's wonderful. Stevie, he's doing that new dad thing where every time the baby comes up, like he'd be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like you know, you like do the congrats, like oh, congrats. You think that's good? And he's like, yeah, no. Her name's Georgia. She's great. She's wearing like these kind of pants today. She likes pears in a jar. You remember Ex- how that was like? Excuse me for being an involved and and uh, enthusiastic father. Goodness. This man, for real. Hey, that's the life, though. It's the life. <laughs> hey, Stevie, let's talk some bills. What do you say? Yeah, I'm with it. I'm uh, with it. Let's talk about our boy. All right. So, Stefan Diggs, a fifth-round pick. Gabe Davis, fourth-round pick. Stevie, you were a seventh-round pick. Can you explain to me why so many late-round wide receivers are able to blossom into stars in the NFL? What is it about that position? That's a that's a good question. I'm going to answer it a little bit different. I, I'm not saying this is why, but I'm going to say it say because we have more motivation in a sense and um and it, the motivation comes from wanting to be what we see we see the first rounders the second rounders get picked um they they motivated also to be you know the face of the franchise however there's still a calmness that they have because they got a, a fat load of money um you know it, it's, it's i'm not saying that's the reason but i just think that that we were just inspired to to go even harder, you know? So, you know, you see as a testament to these guys, like, we said Diggs was a sixth round, right? Yeah, sixth round pick. Well, was he a, I think yeah. he was, well, whatever he was, yeah. Yeah, later. Later round pick. Right, later later on. Somebody that you would expect to just be a special teams guy, you know, but he's got that mindset. They all got that mindset. Um, not to take away from any first rounders, second rounders, you know, because they got it too, but, you know, when you ask a question like that, it's like, that's what that's all I can think about, the, the motivation to it. To, to level yourself up in the depth chart. And then when it really happens, it's like, 
oh snap, I can even do more then. Okay, you know, you so, you make yeah, such a good cool. You, you make such a good point, man. Like, I feel like that's, that's like, there can't be that much. At the end of the day, you're still a professional athlete. You've still worked right. your entire life to get to that point. I mean, like how, how much of a disparity can there be between, you know, rounds? I understand there's like different talents at, at different levels and, and right. different skill sets, but like, and then, like you said, like once you get that taste of that motivation of like, Hey, I can hang with, with the best of them. Like that's gotta right. be like, you, you can't be stopped. I feel like at that point. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then, and then, you know, it's a lot of other things that play into it to be ultimately successful um, at the elite level. And that's Josh Allen, you know what I'm saying? The people around you, you know, we got a defense that a defensive line that was kind of somewhat restructured um, offensive line that's been through the war, you know, the ups and downs. And then now you got players that's come from the bottom that got signed and it's like, it's, everything is meshing right, you know? So, it's a beautiful thing for the organization when things like that click. You know, it's special. It's honestly special. Well, you bring up Josh Allen. It seems like these guys love, really love Josh Allen. You played with Fitz, another beloved QB. How much does that relationship between a quarterback and a wide receiver matter when you're out there throwing, catching balls with each other? Uh, let me see. I mean, you know, it, 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 if it didn't matter – you got to have extreme talent. I would say, I would think like a Terrell Owens, Randy Moss type, um, you know, you know what you're getting from them and a the quarterback can just put it in the area, Calvin Johnson type. So those types, I think, don't really need a lot of chemistry. But um, when you have like space creators, I say, um, technicians, you know, type of route runners, you have to have some type of chemistry. And, you know, working with Fitzpatrick, it was it was different from like, let's say, Lee Evans working with Fitz than me is because Lee, we know what we go get. We get speed, sir. We, we got a burner. Okay, it's a go route or a post. I know where I need to put it. And a quarterback don't really need to communicate with that. It's just about reps. Um, with, with my type of skill, we got to read defenders, you know, read holes, read gaps, body language. So that's more of a chemistry type thing. And, and that's what you're seeing with, with um, you know, with the receivers on the Bills and, and Josh Allen right now. It's, it's a little bit of both, so like I say, it's, it's a special thing to see right now. Well, you bring that up, man. Like, I'm watching Gabe Davis. I'm, a, I'm the world's biggest Gabe Davis fan, and I will, every time I bring this up, I was on that Gabe Davis train early, Ryan. You were there. You know that. I've been calling him the Angel Gabriel Davis from draft day. Yes, and okay, I just want to make it clear. If I recall, during his uh, his uh, uh, draft year, his, he made it clear to the press that his mother calls him Gabriel, and that's what he prefers to be called, if, okay. I, if I recall. Thank you. So let's let's make sure that we're calling him Gabriel. Thank you, Gabriel. But you bring up the technician okay. point. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Gabriel Davis Ryan he seems like that tweener receiver in the middle that you're describing like he's gonna blow the top off a of defense you saw it on that 98 yard touchdown catch his right. routes this season have become unbelievably technical I mean I know you're watching I know you're watching that tape Stevie and yeah and it's technical because he's wise with it now you know he don't have to do too much to try to get uh, Josh's attention uh, Gabriel, he can, he he has that chemistry. He's built that that chemistry with him over time. And now you don't you don't see him really sticking and digging too much. It's just I know where I, I know where I have to be. I know my quarterback knows I know where I need to be, and he just go put it there. And wow, here we go, one hand ninety yard bomb. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. It's beautiful. 
Stevie Johnson, former Buffalo Bills wide receiver, hanging out with us on Let's Go Duffalo. Uh, so Stevie, I want to I want to go back to Fitz for for a quick second. So so he mm-hmm. has obviously started on Thursday Night Football on the uh, uh, on the 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 pregame crew and and announcing starting his broadcast career. Um, I'm curious of. How, when you were playing with him or with anybody else, are you surprised, I guess, that he's doing so well? Seemingly, I think he's doing a really good job there. Are, are, like, what are your thoughts on, on how he's doing so far? Yeah, nah, I, I knew he'd hit. It's, he's like a cool, he's a cool cat. You can walk into the room, he can walk into the room with anybody and it'll be like you keep knowing him for at least two weeks. You know what I mean? I'm going to say it's just two weeks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... <laughs> So yeah, it's like it's no dull moment. Like it's, everything is, is is smooth with him. You know, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see it. It's good to see. It's refreshing to see him out there. That he's you know not one of the top star guys that everybody always talk about, but it's like one of ours in a sense. And he's uh he's out there doing his thing. Uh, it's good. All right, well, we're on the topic of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Allen combined. Josh Allen is a physical specimen of a human being, but we know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a wild man. Let's say those two guys walk into a steel cage. Only one man walks out. Stevie, who wins that fight? I think Fizz go win it because he go figure out a way. He, he'll figure out <laughs> a way. Scrappy. Okay, hold on. I, <laughs> I like, like it. All, yeah. Look, I get he's your guy, yeah. and I can appreciate the loyalty. <laughs> but Josh Allen, he's a bull. He's an actual buffalo of a human being. Uh, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's unreal, man. He's special. I, I, I like that we went and took that chance when I think it was calculated coming out of Wyoming. Um, a cold place, you know, he, you know that he can throw it. Um, and he's from California. So, you know, he got some type of swag to him. Um, and, and, and yeah, so it was just all planned out well for, for the bills. And then we mess around and get Stefan Diggs uh, with no injury, but they just want to give him up. Okay. We'll take, we'll take it. Let's Steve, go. Is, is Josh Allen the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say he's one of the best. I, oh, I wanna, come on. Well, you can't. Come on, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, hey, look, hey, let's go, let's go, Duffalo on, on us, man. Yeah, he the best, he the best because he's gonna there be the Super Bowl winning quarterback. All right, I mean, the, the one, yeah, the one who wins the Super Bowl is the best quarterback. So you know, I wanted to be fair and let the the last year Super Bowl winner, which we already beat, um, you know, have that throne. But you know, it's looking like we about to take that. Stevie, I mean, when Josh plays, he plays with reckless abandon. Is that something you like to see as a teammate, or would you be a guy in his ear telling him, hey, man, that's awesome, get down, we need you for all 17 games? Oh, man, look, it looked like it's reckless, but, you know, he liked the Joker. You know, it's, 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 it's organized chaos. <laughs> it looked wild, but it's a plan behind it for sure. <laughs> we don't know which plan it is. Is it just to get a meme? You know what I mean? Because, you know, he can definitely go down on some of them, but, hey, I choose to go over the top, you know, so – he probably wants the meme, or he just want to go get, you know, be known as the best, best running and uh, passing quarterback, which which he's doing and making a great case of. Well, like, you know, here's the thing, Stevie. Like, you know, in the history of the NFL, traditionally, your quarterback is not supposed to be your toughest guy. Like, Josh Allen is right. sneaky tough. Are there guys that you played with that were sneaky tough? You didn't realize it till you were out on the field with them. See, see, like, yeah, when you when you saying physicality wise, but um. Like, you remember Jim Kelly, he was tough. He's yeah, a tough for sure. quarterback, you know, but he wasn't running in the shoulder, but he, you can see it on the field from his passion. Hey, this is tough. Let's go. Um, so, like, yeah, there's it's all types of tough just for the, for the kids, for people that's listening. You know, you don't have to just be physical. There's other auras about yourself that can make you that, you know. Stevie, when you were playing in Buffalo, I mean, you know the Buffalo's a special place. You played in a couple other spots before you ended up hanging it up. Did you think – 
that you would have the lasting impact and love from the fans. I mean, today, you walk into Orchard Park, and you're a god. You're never going to pay for a drink in that town ever again, and people love you. I mean, was that something you expected? Dog, it, it, when I was playing, I didn't I didn't expect it because I didn't see it as like as, as much success as maybe the fans seen it or, or what they – they seen it differently than what I, I was feeling, you know. So I didn't know it was going to be this much love and, and for this long, but – you know, while it's here, I'm going to do what I can for them since they, you know, showing love to me. All right, Stevie Johnson, former Buffalo Bills wide receiver, hang, wide receiver hanging on with us on Left Go, Let's Go Duffalo. Before we let you go, Stevie, they say that the best of the best can self-scout. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I got three 13s in Bills history, the three most significant 13s in Bills history. Uh, it's you, it's Gabriel Davis, and it's Kelvin Benjamin. If I were to ask you to rank the best <laughs> 13s in Bill's history, one, two, three, where do you, Gabriel Davis, and Kelvin Benjamin fall right now? <laughs> so Kelvin is at the, at his number three. Is <laughs> fair number three. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, he's a fair number three right now okay, in, in huh. Bill's history. Okay, I, mean, um, I guess then, I see it. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I was I would I would have put me at, at number one, but um. You know, now that Gabe has become the only person to, to have, like, what, 200 yards and two catches, um, four <laughs> touchdowns. You know, he, he just continuously he continually doing his thing. Um, has, has he hit 1,000 yards yet? Uh, this season? No, because he only had – you know, he's hurt those two weeks, uh, three weeks in between after the opener and now. No, no, no. I mean, like, in his Like career, last season. Oh, in, in, a, in a season. Yeah. I don't know. Tell you what, we'll, we'll ask our stat team to check that out when we get in the break, Stevie. <laughs> okay. Well, well, yeah. So, right now, I'm, I'm going to say I'm gonna say me for right now. Mm-hmm. And then – but he he's right there because all he got to do is get more opportunities. Then, obviously, uh, he'll get the 1,000 yards. You know how it goes once you get 1,000 yards and something different. Right. Not only 1,000 so, yards, and you stacked him up, too. You you had multiple uh, consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. So, I, I agree with your uh, your assessment here. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to be fair, and, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna even take it to Kelvin because I'm not trying to be a, a negative person. I'm just <laughs> well, look, college. look, yeah, look. I mean, look, Kelvin, Kelvin had a heck of a career before he came to Buffalo, right? Like, it, it was a weird mm-hmm. spot he got put in, Bree, and brought to Buffalo halfway through a season. Mm-hmm. It was a big transition. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say it was weird or, or bad. It was just it's got to be on work ethic at the end of the day because it's not like his quarterback was, was you know, terrible. Uh, you know, he could have still made something of it because I, I don't I can't really remember who we had. That was Shady Air or – Well, no, Josh was the quarterback um, when he was here. It was Josh. Oh, wait, it was Josh. Yeah, see, yeah. I mean, come on now. You know, It was baby it's, Josh, it's, it's, though. It's yeah, Josh. Rookie, rookie Josh. Yeah, yeah. Baby Josh. But it, it was rookie Josh to the to the point where he was throwing out opportunities. He was just a gunslinger trying to be – you know what I mean? He was, mm-hmm. he was trying to be that playmaker that we see now. Um, but he didn't have everybody with him, though, so that's why it looked kind of rough. You feel me? But when you get when you bring in another couple receivers, we drafted I think Gabe Gabriel. Um, we had we got brought in Diggs. Then we had a uh, Beasley, um, and then you can see like okay, he's knowing the spots and knowing where players are gonna be. So he started coming into his own. You know that's that's how he developed real fast. Uh, talking about Josh. All right, uh, he's the second greatest thirteen in Bills history, according to himself. He thinks yes, that Ryan Fitzpatrick would beat Josh Allen in a steel cage match, and, and he's got kids He'll to get to, and he's got the kids to get to bed. So we got to let you go, Stevie. We appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much, man. Always great to talk to. Yes, you. Yes, one love, one love. Let's go, Duffalo, baby. All right, man. Have a good rest of the night, <laughs> thanks, Stevie. Peace. See you, bud.
There he is, Stevie Johnson. You okay over there? I'm I'm a uh, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just talked to Stevie Johnson. I, I mean that's that's I'm sorry, man. I hate to gush and I was really trying to hold it together the whole time, but like how cool is that, dude? He's great, man. Isn't he? He's, he's awesome. Look, man. Uh, really nice guy. All right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. I've been in the radio game a little longer. Sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You do. You. I'm well, not. No, gonna, I'm just. I'm gonna gonna take my headphones off for a minute. Go okay, ahead. No. Like they're all just guys. You know that, right? Oh, of course. Well, but still, I mean, I grew up watching Stevie Johnson. I grew up watching those Bills teams. It's it's you know it's it's a bit surreal, I guess, to kind of like have that normal conversation to with someone that you watched on television and and idolized no, I, I guess I, I get you but you know we being doing the break room on WCMF for years and years we, we broadcast live from Bill's camp yeah and we'd sit down with these guys and interview them and you forget because you see them in pads and they're just you know doing straight lace interviews these guys are sons and they're fathers and they're boyfriends and they're husbands and they like playing video games and they like going to movies and they play the guitar like they're just regular dudes sure you know what I'm saying sure and and it's awesome to to relate on a human level uh with with him you know so and that that was just that now was it's just, getting weird again now I'm sorry man it was top it was top 10 moment of my life that, really top 10 moment of my you've life. got two kids and you got married yeah i said 10 okay i didn't say five <laughs> <laughs> this bill's team is good very good but can they get better a story breaking uh this week that the bills have apparently reached out to another team about a top tier player and there are two other guys that are on the list could be showing up on orchard park Big time names, Ryan. Big time names. And we'll get into it next. Let's go, Duffalo. It's an on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. You know, it's strange to have a discussion coming off of a 38-3 blowout win. Yeah. Because those, those games don't come around all that often in the NFL. They have about three times this season okay, so fine, far. Okay, fine, fair enough. But how do you make that team better? But that's the exact discussion that Bills fans seem to be having this week after a rumor that surfaced on Monday. It's Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app. That's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Again, you can come check out the next taping of Let's Go Duffalo. We're going to be live at Tappet, 1761 Scottsville Road. Uh, we'll be there from 6 to 7 o'clock. So come on out. Food's great. Drinks are great. Fantastic bar scene. Looking forward to it. And we found out the hard way last week. Trivia starts at seven. It does. So you at a hard seven. (laughs) (laughs) So you come on, catch the show from six to seven, and then play trivia. Uh So everybody's winning. So we'll see you tap it a week from today. It'll be the Monday after the Kansas City game. Recapping that uh, with your friends from Let's Go Duffalo here on the Odyssey app. Before we get to what's going on uh, with the Bills trade rumors, big name on the block. Oh. Um, we have to find out, as we do every week, because, you know, Ryan's a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve. You, just heard, him, you heard him talking about his daughter to Stevie Johnson. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about my daughter. <laughs> so stupid. Let's find out this week what's making Ryan sad. Oh, man. There's so much to be upset about when you just absolutely demolish a team that gave you very recent troubles in the last couple seasons. True that. Oh, man. But in the in the vein of always trying to improve, I'm pretty sad that the Bills had some kind of costly turnovers, especially okay, costly is not the word, but they had turnovers. Costly turnovers in uh, in the red zone specifically. If I recall, there were two. Yes, and almost could have been uh, could have been three starting on the very first play of the game. 
there's a there were there were some mental errors there that um that I think could 100% need to be cleaned up uh, before you play a more formidable opponent, especially this coming Sunday at 4 p.m. Okay, so let's talk about that. You're right. I mean, look, it's hard to pick apart a 38-3 to win. And, you know, now you're just nitpicking. But sure. two turnovers inside the five-yard line for the Bills is not a good sign. No. I mean, you can recover fine. It is crazy to think that the Bills could have added 14 points yeah. to that total. Would have hit the over. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that pick that Josh throws to Stevie Johnson, I assumed that he put that ball low because... Or Stevie, Stevie Johnson. Johnson. I've got 13 say, in my head. Gabriel Davis. Goodness. That pick he threw, trying to throw to Gabriel Davis in the end zone there. I assumed at that point in the game, his ankle was still not great, so he wasn't going to put it up high, not thinking Gabe could go get it. Yeah. Uh, I think we found out as the game went on that might not have been the case. It was just a bad throw. And and I, as, as horrible as this sounds... I'm kind of happy that it was Levi Wallace who did it. I feel like that's no, like, screw him, that's man. a good that's a, I mean he what he left in free agency. The Bills actively didn't re-sign him. He did the shush mouth to the stands. <laughs> oh come on. After I mean, the pick. He dude, did the shush mouth. Please. You don't do the shush mouth. <laughs> no, I'm I, I I would go so far as to say I'm happy for him that that happened. I feel like that's a good closure moment for him. As far as his decision to sign with, it really wasn't a decision that the bill. He didn't not choose the bills. Maybe they did offer him less money and didn't. I feel don't like think they made him it. an offer. So even more so, um, I'm glad that he has closure in that one moment uh, when you <laughs> when you lost thirty eight to three. I mean, look that one again, thirty eight to three. Fine. Um, the Quentin Morris, you know, uh, Dawson Knox doesn't play on Sunday, so it's Tommy Sweeney, Quentin Morris, and Reggie Gilliam are your tight ends, fullback situation. Don't you mean Charles Clay? Because you can't seem to get the players on what the active roster, say? right? What you I... said Quentin Morris, but I'm pretty sure he also wears 85, and Charles Clay wore 85. And you said, did Stevie... I say Charles Clay? No, you said you said Quentin Morris, but you said Stevie Johnson earlier when you met Gabriel Davis. It was a callback. Are you familiar oh with God. that? Oh my God, I hate you so much. Are you, are you familiar with callbacks? Dawson Knox does not dress on Sunday. <laughs> So it's Quentin Morris, Tommy Sweeney. Quentin Morris was having himself a nice day. He had three catches, two of them for first downs. Yep. He should have had his first career touchdown, and he coughs it up on the one-yard line. Yeah, terrible. I mean, look, Quentin Morris will not be the guy catching that ball in crunch time, ideally, mm-hmm. moving forward throughout the season. So, again, I'm more concerned that they can't run the ball in the red zone. That's yeah. scary. Yep. We saw it in Miami. That cost him on those four plays from the goal line there. Uh, Devin Singletary should have scored against Baltimore, but... They didn't try to tackle him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, so they yeah, would have yeah. time left yeah. on the clock. And that brings us to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. There is a story that breaks on Monday. Now, Matt Rule, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, gets fired. Yes. It looks like five weeks in, they're packing the season. It's over. And they want to collect draft picks. It's looking pretty grim for the Carolina Panthers right now. Uh, their front office has come out and said they're looking to collect draft picks. Mm-hmm. And several reporters said they have sources confirming the Bills in the offseason reached out to the Carolina Panthers about inquiring about acquiring running back Christian McCaffrey. Inquiring about acquiring. They inquired about an acquisition. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey in Buffalo. Interesting. So I now, before you guys start out, I know that when we don't get in depth to contracts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they just signed a new big contract, but there's a way to get out of it at the end of this year. So this could be a one year rental for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he would just finish the season with you, or you could restructure the deal when it was done. So it's doable. It's very doable. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about trading assets? for Christian McCaffrey for a playoff Super Bowl stretch run. Well, I mean, it all comes down to what you would give for Christian McCaffrey. So let's say we give up a three, a five, and Zach Moss. 
three of five in Zach Moss. For Christian McCaffrey. So I look at that as a... So let's compare those two picks and, you know, a, a player. Mm-hmm. You're giving away the... Or trading the equivalent of Gabriel Davis, who was taken in the third. Fourth. Um, was he? But that's okay. fine. All right, fair enough. Whatever. Um, and uh, Christian Benford, who was taken in the fifth. Sixth. <laughs> Take your time, though. Stephon Diggs taken in the fifth. <laughs> um, no, I guess my point is like I'm trying to equate it to like players. Like, granted, something you know, the draft is always a, a, a you know a crapshoot either way. Mm-hmm. I guess just simply put, three and five and Zach Moss. I don't like to get rid of Zach Moss for Christian McCaffrey. But for Christian, oh, it's okay. So Run my, CMC. My my hesitation there is Christian McCaffrey has been habitually injured and and the Bills have been severely stricken by the injury bug this year. But so has Zach Moss. I mean, Zach Moss was coming on in his rookie season towards the end of the year. He ended up getting hurt. It doesn't seem like he's the same player. And I like Zach Moss. I'm not trying to crap on sure. Zach Moss here. And by the way, you're playing this game of what the pick could equal. You're playing best case scenario because we could play the third round, fifth round game and you'd be giving up Boogie Basham yep. and, you know, wide receivers that haven't made this roster the last couple of years. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, why would you Why would you not to get a dynamic player like that on your roster? If you're trying to make a run, which obviously the Bills are, I don't I don't not like it. I like the idea that you're going to be aggressive and go after a, a dynamic, explosive player out of the backfield. My concern, though, is that Perhaps it isn't just about the run, the running back core not getting the the running game started. I would look more toward the offensive line, and we saw the exact same thing last year, if I recall, where the Bills' running game really didn't come on until later in the season when they finally solidified their their um, starting five up front. It's been the last two years, really, but with Christian McCaffrey especially, you're not getting him just for the run game. He catches balls out of the backfield. Sure. Yep. I mean... To add that level of danger to this offense. No, I do get your hesitation. I don't disagree with the offensive line statement, and maybe they don't figure it out this year. Yeah. And you're just chucking the ball around the yard all season long. There are three players right now, not on this roster, connected to the Bills that could make them a somehow even scarier offense. We mm-hmm. brought up Christian McCaffrey. That story hits on Monday. There have also been rumors the last couple of weeks that the New York Giants mm-hmm. are looking to deal Saquon Barkley before the deadline. Now, Ooh. that could be changing because the Giants are shockingly 4-1. and one. Yeah. However, and Saquon had a great game, not to cut you off. Saquon had a great game in uh, in London against uh, the Packers. He's had great games with the exception of one, the one I happened to put money on him to go over on the yardage. That's your own fault. Okay, shut up. But he's had great games all season. It's going to be interesting to see what the Giants do. Now, there's uh, much like Carolina, there's a ton of connectors with the Giants front office. Joe Shane, former assistant general manager to the Buffalo Bills. Brian Dayball, former offensive coordinator with the Bills. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to re-sign him, look, man. You look what's going on with the Eagles. You look what's going on with the Cowboys. They're good teams. Sure. You're probably not going to win that division. Maybe you're competing for a wild card. Do you hold on to those players to get a taste of winning for the couple of guys that will still be on that roster? Or do you take a third, second round pick for Saquon Barkley to build your team moving forward? Now, keep in mind, Dable was on this Bills roster. Yeah. When they started unloading legitimate players, Sammy Watkins... Uh, Ronald Darby mm-hmm. to acquire the pieces they needed to move up to get their quarterback in the draft. And the more the Giants win, because they're going to be drafting a quarterback, yeah. the farther back they're going in the draft to acquire that franchise quarterback next year. The parallels between the Giants of 2022 and the the Buffalo Bills of 2017, mm-hmm. it's it actually is really funny that like it's it seems like they're on similar trajectories. 
Um, yeah, man, honestly, if I'm Brian Dable and Joe Shane, I'm, I'm, I would highly consider, um, perhaps Ooh, highly, uh, highly consider. consider. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, moving on from uh, moving on, but getting something good in return, it would have to be a great return because of how good of a player Saquon Barkley is. And, and for all the points that you just mentioned, and just in general, I feel like someone like Saquon Barkley, second pick overall, if I recall, right? Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't matter now we're in the league. Fair enough. But, uh, but my point is that like, he's going to command a pretty high, uh, uh, you know, re-signing, right? It's going to cost you a lot of money to to sign him yeah, the again. Giant, yes, yes, yes. And and running backs in general have a, a, a diminishing return. Sure. You know, like the more the more mileage you put on him. Saquon uh, found that out the hard way last season, right? He had yeah, a, I mean, he got hurt. He, two seasons, he was not what we thought he was going to be after his right. rookie season. So right. so then maybe maybe now is the time to kind of get ahead of it and uh, you know maybe get something for him. All right. So that being said, I'm going to throw out a scenario for you here. Sure. You can get Christian McCaffrey. For a third-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. Or you can get Saquon Barkley for a second-round pick, a seventh-round pick, and Zach Moss. What deal do you do? A two and a seven for Saquon Barkley. And Zach Moss on the table. Zach for Moss both. is for both of them. I would be more apt to go for for Saquon Barkley. For a second-round pick. For a, yeah, for a second-round pick. Why? Because I think that the... I, I just... I, I don't know. I feel like Saquon Barkley brings a lot of the 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 I was going to say the traditional run game that I think the Bills are lacking. Okay, but that's Zach Moss too. Zach Moss is that bruising back, of course. But if but at that point, like, I, would would you take Saquon Barkley over Zach Moss? Like, which one? Would oh you yeah, go of course. With? But I mean, I'll take Saquon Barkley over Zach Moss. Do I want to give up a two and a seven? Because you just played the well, a three and a five equals Jim Kelly per Smith. Fair enough, right? But like. Here is your problem with giving up draft picks right now to improve this team. And this is the delicate balance you have to figure out. Yeah. This team is really good, and they had to pay people. Mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds, middle linebacker, doesn't have a contract yet for next year. Yep. Jordan Poyer, safety, who is still balling out, mm-hmm. does not have a contract, may not be back next year. Yeah. Which means you could be replacing both of those guys with rookies, mm-hmm. unless you want a franchise tag. Every pick you send for a player to make this team better this year cost you a potential replacement for one of those guys. Right. That being said, we have seen with teams throughout the NFL that windows for championships close fast. Just ask the Tennessee Titans. Sure. So you can continue to run this team with less expensive talent, which the Bills have been really good at. They've been hitting on the draft picks the last couple of years. Or you can push all your chips to the middle Give up those pieces in the draft to make this team Super Bowl bound this year. You have a good way of phrasing that. And I don't feel comfortable answering it because I don't get paid enough to make these kinds of decisions. You don't get paid at all. I don't. I need to get paid. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I honestly like I I would think right now, short, dumb brain, I want to win right now. Okay. Now is is mortgaging the potential future success of a very solid defense. Let's just say you can't keep Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer. You can't. It's it's going to be impossible. Right. You mentioned the franchise tag, but like it's a possibility to keep uh, Tremaine Edmonds on the franchise. You're going to pay him a top five middle linebacker in the NFL. Oh, it would cost you a lot of money. That's yeah. and that's that's you may point. not have that money under the cap. Sure. Um, now I. Right now, I'm thinking emotion mind, and I want to win. So you want to win now? I want to win now okay. because we, because the Bills have never won a championship, okay, but an NFL championship. But there's no guarantee. No, they did. Okay, AFL championship. An a- uh-huh. 
try to catch me in my words. There's no guarantee that Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey get to a Super Bowl. Of course We not. saw what happened in Kansas City last year. That team, that Bills team last year was a Super Bowl winning team. No no, no question. And 13 seconds ruined that whole thing. Thank you. So you could do both. You could mortgage your future, bring these guys in, catch some bad luck in the playoffs, and all of a sudden... Now it's you, all for not. Yeah, right. you have no picks, you have no player, he was a rental, and you're in trouble. It's the Bills, then I think it comes down to, is the Bills running game, or, or perhaps lack thereof, if you want to put it that way, enough of a glaring issue right now that that could hold you back from being a championship uh not cont- to winning a championship i mean that's a great question the bills are winning games throwing the ball we're gonna see in kansas city this week because mm-hmm. kansas city out of nowhere has been able to balance their offense really well yeah they're running the ball well they are playing physical on the offensive line mm-hmm I mean, time of possession used to be a major statistic in the NFL that would dictate who won and lost games. Week two in Miami. Okay, week, th- week three in three, Miami. Yeah, But yeah, we saw what happened there. In fact, the time of possession in this Steelers game on Sunday, the Bills were huge unders in the time of possession. Well, I mean, you got you to work out the kinks. But the, what I'm saying is the league is changing every year. <laughs> sure. Offenses are getting more efficient. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you need to run the ball anymore. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's always the threat of like, you know, if you go against a, a formidable defense, you know, and they can do, they can shut your your passing game down, um, which is hard to do with with the likes of Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong, but it's been done before, right? So, or maybe he's just having an off day. You have to kind of. I would want to take a balanced team. Actually, I don't even. know. No, what do we want to balance what, team I, for? You have Josh say, Allen. Yeah, who cares? You know, if if you if you're scoring points with uh, the the differential that the Bills have at this point, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe don't even. Maybe let the the coaches do and the team do what they're they're hired and and paid to so, do and and work out the kinks like they did last. So season. keep things the way they are. I mean, it would all depend on the price. You uh, know, it, it all depends on the price. All right, real quick. I know this episode is going super long. And we appreciate you sticking with us here. There's got one- nothing going on. Come on. <laughs> Just hang. There is one more name that's been tied to the Bills uh, since the end of the season last year, and that would be wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. He's going to be ready to go health-wise uh, in November. Mm-hmm. Von Miller is on record as saying he is coming to the Bills. Yeah. He said that. He's doing the tour, but he's ultimately going to... He, he says he talks Buffalo. to him every day. They're boys. He's coming to Buffalo. Yeah. Do you want Odell Beckham Jr. in a Bills uniform? I don't know. Why? Because... He won a Super Bowl. He was the piece that pushed him over the top in Los Angeles. Look at everything that happened. I understand it was the Browns, but okay, just like... Okay, but look, look, now that we can you stand... You asked me a question. Do you want me to answer the question? No, I don't, I, the answer is I don't know. I don't... Well, no. What, what kind of, <laughs> who listens to an I don't know podcast? I'm not sure. What are you, Stevie Johnson? I'm a, uh, I think both would do really let's well. Let's let the listeners decide. <laughs> All right, yes, no, real quick. One, two, three. Odo Beckham on the Bills? No. Why? Because I think that with the uh, with Gabriel Davis being more healthy, uh, Stefan Diggs doing Stefan Diggs stuff, um, the the wide receiver depth that we have in Khalil Shakir and also Isaiah Hodgins uh, making okay. a, I'm just we're saying, talking I'm, a Super Bowl I, I, run. You asked me no, a I'm question. just pointing out. I'm pointing out if we're talking a Super Bowl run, you don't include the name Khalil. Hodgins. There's only one ball. Okay. There's only one ball. But that think about this, man. If Odell Beckham Jr. can come back from that surgery and actually play, even if he can't, you have to be conscious of him on the field. All of a sudden, Gabe Davis is back in that sleeper position. 
Or you have, uh, and I'm, I, by no means am I saying that you have or that, that that Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis or any other wide receiver on the Bills is a diva, but like you put in that, the, the, there's a lot of ego okay. that comes into the wide receiver position. So like, do you want a, a super team on your for your your wideouts on the Buffalo Bills? Yes. Look what happened to Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's too many. It's too many powerhouses. Okay, I don't think Stephon Diggs is a diva. No, I don't. Okay. And Gabriel Davis is still earning his lunch. Yeah. I think that Josh Allen is so beloved on this team and is such an alpha male that even if Odell Beckham Jr. had this attitude of get me the ball, he'd be shouted down pretty quick. Yeah, fair enough. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I do. And I think like also winning solves everything. So so you saw, um, or at least I, I think there was a shift in, in mentality with, with Odell Beckham Jr. last year once he got to Los Angeles. That could have just been like, hallelujah, I'm out of Cleveland. But but either way, I mean, I don't know. Like, you're right. Like, if, if you're doing well enough, like, maybe he's just happy that he's on a winning team and that he's on, in the spotlight. Also, let's, we're, we're just assuming that OBJ is going to be at the same level of production that he was last year pre- I, ACL tear. You don't need him to be. You just need him to be a guy on the field that the defense has to be conscious of. Because let's say that he's just dragging his leg behind him, mm-hmm. right? If the defense thinks he can do something, Gabe Davis has got an extra step. Yeah. Stefan Diggs has got an extra step. Isaiah McKenzie is running free underneath. Khalil Shakir is toe-tapping, you know, along the sideline. How do you stop that? If you've got, this is a completely different, and I know you're not framing it like this, but this is a completely different situation than trading for someone because like free agent wise to, to have a, a likely such a strong talent in Odell Beckham Jr. available in free agency. And all you have to do is just woo him and you have the money for a one year deal. Like, absolutely go for it. I, I'm looking at it worst case scenario and you make up all, you honestly changed my mind to the whole thing. Like if you can get him on the team, and and for all the points that you you mentioned there, like yeah, I think why not do that? You're not giving up anything, so yeah, go for it. All right, it's decided. We are signing Odell Beckham Jr. Done. Done. Finish it. Real quick. One, two, three. Who you want on the team more to least? Odell Beckham Jr., Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Go. Uh, most to least. Most to least. Saquon, CMC, OBJ. You want him the least? Yeah, for sure. Because I think the running game needs needs so much more work than the receiving uh, game. Does. Well, look, if you're going to make a run in the playoffs, you want home field advantage. Yeah. And a step to that happens on Sunday. Oh, we'll God. get into it. Bills, Chiefs. So let's go Duffalo. The Odyssey app right Beach podcast. So over. How does this keep happening? It's Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we appreciate you hanging with us, listening to the show. Uh, I don't know why you'd be joining us now, considering you had to listen to the whole podcast to get to this point. It's a podcast. It's not like they're driving, like they just got out of work. I do live radio, man. It's hard to get out of what I do for a living. Uh, If you are listening, we'd appreciate it. You know, subscribe. Give us a rating. That way, if you subscribe, you don't have to be like, oh, I'm missing the great content on Let's Go Duffalo this week. i got to go find it somewhere. Right, and then you got to type in the whole thing no, in the just, search bar. Just, just like, bing, beep, boop, beep, boop, pop, 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 boop, pop, 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 internet, bing, boop, pop, beep, pop, football. Bills Chiefs, <laughs> 425 on Sunday. All right, I got a lot of problems with this game. 
Yeah. First of all, like we just said, this is the fifth time in two years the Bills have played the Chiefs. Uh, we've seen this already. Will you stop it and with the with the Arrowhead Stadium so over it? Four of the times have been in Arrowhead. We've had. How does this keep happening? Now, granted, the two playoff games fine. They earn those playoff games. Why can't we not get a home game in the Every regular season? Thing, oh, we did. We did play them the first uh, two years home. ago. Yeah, yeah. But just but it was that, COVID. They got an empty stadium. Yeah, the, the stadium is just so red in that. Like <laughs> that. Honestly, like I'm I'm over. I'm so sick of it. And that scoreboard or like whatever. It, it's like a big circle or an oval like it's a football dumbass is it <laughs> wow that's actually that's that's uh that's interesting oh cool oh because they play football right got it that makes sense i'm o- i'm over it no i'm sorry like i just i can't like it, i'm sick of watching the chiefs in arrowhead i want to see the bills play the chiefs on a field where the bills have the advantage of the crowd, because we all know the arrowhead is, it can get very loud. It's one no, of the hardest places to play. Right, in the there's NFL. N- a no taking away from, from that whatsoever. It's I'm just so sick of the bills having to go in there. Granted, they've had some success going in there one time last year, but and, and winning there, but even so. So uh, the other thing that's bothering me, the Bills have been playing primetime games nonstop. Yeah. In fact, the game after the Chiefs game will be another primetime game against Green Bay at home on Sunday Night Football. Whoop. Why is this not a primetime game? Um, How is this not a primetime game? Uh, you, well, I I hate to be all actually, but... It doesn't the, actually count as a primetime game at 425. No, no, I'm not saying that. Oh. I'm saying, like, I'm pretty sure CBS, like, locked it out. Yes. Where they were like, no, 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 no. This is going to... We're going to play this at our time slot. It's going to be the national game. It's going to be right. the 4 o'clock game. That's technically why no, you nailed it's it. not a primetime game. C- but CBS, according to their contract, gets to pick one game that nobody takes from them, and this was the game that this they This one's won. ours. Everyone back it up. But then they put it... No takesies, backsies, firsties, dipsies. <laughs> Shaka no blitz. Bills Chiefs. 425. I also hate 425 games. Oh, it's awful. It's my least favorite. Like, bro, if we're ranking game times, We're right? complaining so much. Well, no, here, here's what, no, because <laughs> look, this is every Bills fan's complaint right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. If I'm going to rank game time preferences mm-hmm. for me, all right, I'll take one o'clock. That's my favorite. That's a fun discussion. Okay, yeah, love, love one o'clock. Okay, yep. then we'll I'll take primetime games. No, wait, I take it back. One o'clock, mm-hmm. nine thirty in London. I like that second. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, we'll take then primetime, early primetime slot. I was gonna say what. So you're talking Sunday night football? Yeah, or Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football. Oh, there's whatever. A, there. Okay, I'm sorry. I well, think I'm there's just a saying difference. when time start, time start of game. Okay, okay. The least favorite time start for me is 425 on a Sunday. We can agree that much. I, I would still put one. I, I agree with you. One o'clock is just I'm, my body is just used to that. That is my schedule. I want that time slot all the time if possible. It just my day just flows so perfectly yeah, for one o'clock. Game. Perfect. Um, yeah, no, I, I would say the the London game is probably my least favorite. I don't right. like wait, because there's a level of preparation that goes into those games. Like granted, you can get them out early. But the last time the Bills plays played in London, it was a horrible, horrible finish. Okay. And then I had to go through the rest of my day. I had to like drive home and like now it's like like 1230. It's like now the rest of my day is ruined. I'd rather have my my day ruined at four o'clock and like maybe just try to pick myself up and just be like all right let's just go to bed but um you know after after a bad game but no i'm with you four four o'clock four twenty five that is my least uh favorite time slot of all all right so let's get into this actual bills chiefs game sunday four twenty five on cbs no takes these backsies uh <laughs> shotgun no blitz boom shakalaka we're taping this as the chiefs play on monday night football so we don't know how that outcome affects the line but yep. on monday morning sunday night the Bills opened as one-point favorites on the road, which I was very surprised by. Yeah, for sure. Right? Now, we know what Mahomes can do. Mm-hmm. 
We know what that offense can do in Kansas City, but it is a little bit different this year. They can run the ball now, and they can play very physical football on the offensive side of the ball now. Like, they were beating people with finesse for years and years and years and years, Mm -hmm. and they've switched it up a little bit, having fallen short the last two years of that Super Bowl title. Yeah. They lost a little in the passing game with the Tariq Hill departure, but depending on the week, you don't see it at all from that offense. Yeah. The Bills have arguably the best defense in the league. No one has been able to run on them so far this season, but you are playing maybe the first quarterback this season that can really take advantage of your rookie corners and depleted safeties. Yeah. That being said, how do you feel about Sunday? I mean, I like any game, I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm I'm, you know, pins and needles biting my nails. But but I I maintain like I'll take the Bills against anybody at any game, any time slot, preferred or not. <laughs> I'll take the the Bills over anybody. I think the Bills can absolutely beat the pants off of any team. Okay, it's not can they, it's will they. Well, sure. Well, that's where the 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 uncertainty comes in because you know you never know what like like you said the uh, you're we're playing a quarterback that can can take advantage of not only your corners but just even perfect coverage. Like Patrick Mahomes is a dynamic player, as is Josh Allen. So so to go against a, a kind of you know similar uh, ish quarterback in that they can really hurt you, even when you you scheme perfectly against them, like. Yeah, that sucks, man. And that adds a level of uncertainty. Like, who knows what's going to happen? All right, let's do it this way. We're going to have to watch the game. Okay. Let's do it this way. Sure. On a scale of 1 to 10. God, with these 10 being... Well, no, because you just talk and talk and talk, and I just need a straight-up answer. Why? 1 being your least confident, 10 being there's no doubt we're winning this game. Where are you? Ready, set, go on this game Sunday. Go. My confidence goes to 11. You that confident? I'm I'm, I'm confident. Wait, you don't think the Bills can lose this game on Sunday? Well, uh, that would be 11... Okay, I'm I'm a seven point five. Okay, yeah. Why do you always? Why? Why can't you just give me a number? Because I'm. Why we always got to be like seven? No, you're gonna be like seven point five. Seven point. Okay, see, you want a round number? No, you don't. You don't qualify what the answer is. Who answers in decimals on a one to ten scale? Someone who has uh, who wants to provide a little bit of more analysis. If someone asks (laughs) after the fact, hey, you know, in the in the in the. Reviews of the show where you get like five stars. I love Let's Go Duffalo because they give you 0.5 more analysis than any other Bills podcast. I am a 7.5 pi r squared level of confidence for uh, the game on Sunday. Okay, getting back to the actual game. It's possible, Ryan, Mm -hmm. that this game comes down to the Bills pass rush. Can Von Miller and Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham and Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, can they get to Patrick Mahomes? Are you asking me? Well, yeah. they were able to in that regular season game last year. Yeah. The tide turned in that playoff game because the Bills were not able to get to Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah. all game. He had all the time he wanted. He was moving around in the pocket, doing whatever the heck he wanted. Yeah. I, I'm i a little bit nervous about that. I So, I'm on the opposite side. I'm actually the most excited for that because of what you said. The Bills did not have success in the playoffs against Patrick Mahomes getting Mahomes home, if you will, from the uh, from a defensive line perspective. I give that joke a 2.5. <laughs> um, so what did the Bills do in the offseason? They invested heavily in the defensive front. What did the the Kansas City Chiefs do in their offseason? They invested heavily in their offensive line or over the last couple of seasons, sure. but now they're very bolstered at the offensive line. 
I think that the the matchup between the Bills defensive front and the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs is what is going the what the game what the game is going to come down to and that's what I'm most excited to see because it's two teams saying like hey these are where our blind spots were where our flaws were let's like seriously address them and now let's try again let's go again you know, it's funny, there's a lot of Bills fans, and rightfully so, that are putting a lot of stock in this game on Sunday. Because not only is it a measuring stick game, there are folks saying, if you want that first overall seed, you have to go into Kansas City and beat them. For sure. And you want that home playoff game, if you're going to see Kansas City again, if you're going to see Baltimore, whoever you're going to see in the AFC. Yeah. But the Bills went in last year early in the season. Mm-hmm. They blew the doors off Kansas City, and it didn't matter in January. We still had to go to Arrowhead to go play that playoff game. Like, maybe in reality, this game on Sunday isn't as big a deal in the long run as we are assuming it is. Um, Because the Chiefs are going to lose games. The Bills are going to lose games throughout the rest of this season. Yeah. You know, the Chiefs lost to the Colts. The Bills lost to the Dolphins. These things happen all the time. It's the NFL. Different losses, but I will. uh, But a loss is a loss. Loss is a loss. It's a loss point five, really. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to talk myself out of being ready to throw up all week. By telling myself this game was supposed to be the be-all, end-all last year. Mm -hmm. The Bills won that game. Everybody thought this Bills team was unstoppable. And then you saw what happened. Yeah. Um, Yeah, maybe it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, I thought that we were going to have to eventually play the Titans at home again last year. That obviously didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows, man? But, 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 But I will say... Anytime you are playing a, a conference opponent, you it, it becomes a critical game because there is no denying that the environment that the Bills have at home presents a, a tremendous challenge for any opposing team coming to play them. I just want to scream in Mahomes' stupid face. I want to punch him for 13 whole seconds. Well, no, why, why would you get violent out of nowhere? Well, I mean, he seems like he can take no, it. No, I just want to I just want And to I have emotional problems. But no kidding, man. Jeez, <laughs> you just yell at the he guy. He seems nice. Um, no, I I think that like you have to you have to win these games. They are must-win games. It's not a must. No, okay. No, I, I I'm, I'm not with No, I disagree. It is a must-win game. There are games that you can afford to drop. You don't want to lose any game, obviously, but there are games that you can afford to drop. You play a, uh, a, 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 a NFC team. Okay. Like, okay, sure. We play the Eagles, we play the Lions, we play like whoever. We don't play that. I'm just saying in general. We like, do play the Lions. Well, we do play the Lions. But I'm saying like that's a game like hey, who knows? The Lions are frisky. Like, if we drop that game on on Thanksgiving, like, whoopsie doopsie. But it's not a, a, like as far as the records concerned. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can hurt you there. Okay, but I'm I'm more worried about the the playoff standing. Hopefully, the Bills make the playoffs. Okay, look, if we would have lost that game in Baltimore, I could I would listen to your argument that this is a must win game during the regular season. No, this, I'm talking this season. If oh, we would have lost that oh, game yeah, in Baltimore yeah, yeah. a couple yep, weeks yep. ago, I would listen to an argument. This is a must win game. Okay, I want this game. Getting this game helps you a ton. But I don't think it's a must-win game. Yeah, I disagree. I think it, it because at the end of the day, all things equal, if, if we have the same conference record, it's going to come down to head-to-head. So I would much rather beat a formidable uh, potential playoff opponent like the Chiefs have been for the Bills in the last two seasons and play them at home. Beat them head up last Bills, year they, with they Bills do, Mafia. What they do last year? You beat them head up. Yeah, be, oh, that, then you're talking about like the other things that happen throughout the no, course but, of the okay, season. But that's why I'm saying this isn't a must-win game because you have 12 games to go. Right? Like, you can beat him head up. You could go beat him. Were you just, like, did you, like, walk away after I was just explaining? No. 
Like, no, I'm saying, like, you have to beat them. It, it is a must-win game as far as I'm concerned because if it comes down to the same conference record, we want to have the heads-up win over Kansas City. Okay. But that, you know what? Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead and make your point. I'm going to let you be. No, because I made him a point. You don't understand what I'm saying. You, but you're you're taking the rest of the... You're, you're like, okay. I give you a 1.5 on the explanation oh, scale. Gosh. Okay, so can so we, can I, I think get Stevie Johnson. Back? I, th- <laughs> I also think that like yeah, we we if had we beat Jacksonville on the road, which at the time was not a must-win game, but had we beat Jacksonville on the road last year, we would have been hosting the Chiefs. I would argue that at that point in the season, the Jacksonville game was a more must-win game than this you team are, is this week. I'm not even so, kidding. No, I'm not you because you were so deep in the season. We were deep in the season. History. You are you are ridiculous. No, here's why. Nobody thought that that was a potential loss. Which is why they didn't come up as a must-win game. But I would make the argument at that point in the season with the skid that the Bills were on, the way that the conference was playing out, that game before that game was more of a must-win than the Chiefs game is on Sunday. And I'll stand by that. Okay. Well, you'll stand on under a big sign that says wrong. No matter what happens on Sunday. Look, I mean, four and two, the first six games of the schedule would be okay. I mean, it's not wonderful. Sure. But there were Bills fans that were worried this team could be under 500 and still make a nice run. Yeah. Right? With the way the schedule worked out. And it's not out of the question that the Bills could drop this game on Sunday. And don't get me wrong. I think the Bills win this game on Sunday. But they could drop this and go on a major run with the schedule they got left. You got Green Bay in primetime, mm-hmm. Jets, Vikings, Cleveland, Detroit on Thanksgiving, Patriots, Jets again. I mean, you look down the rest of the schedule. It's not all that daunting. Would you consider that Vikings game a must-win game? No, because it's an NFC game. God, I hate you so much. I, 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 okay, I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, don't. I don't even know what your point. I stopped listening to you about that. No, I can tell because I made great points and you just, you just, well, well, you know, I think maybe. No, I think that the, the remain, I love how you made fun of my voice and then I literally made the exact same voice going into making my point. I think that the rest of the schedule post Chiefs game this Sunday is going to uh, stack up in the Bills' favor. I think they're um, the games on paper seem uh, more winnable potentially than the Chiefs game this Sunday. So, um, yeah, if worst case scenario, if they drop it, I think the Bills are going to be just fine as far as their overall records concerned. But I do consider this still a a must win game because I don't know what the Chiefs remaining schedule is and they may have uh, just as much of a a, a a path to a a one seed or a higher seed than the Bills or the same record for that matter. So there. All right. That being said, the Bills went on Sunday. Yeah, the Bills went on Sunday. Is they it by, is it by ten? Um, if you win, you probably have to win by ten because if it's a one possession game and Patrick Mahomes has an opportunity to drive down the field, you're in trouble. Wouldn't it be poetic if that was the case and, and you know, Von Miller sacks him to, you know, or Von Miller bats a ball down or Tremaine Edmonds, you know, gets, uh, gets in the way. It would be great, but let's talk about the way the Bills have beaten and lost to this Chiefs team. When it's a one-possession game, it's gone the Chiefs' way. Yeah. It I happened mean, at home in Buffalo, right? And it ended up being two possessions, but you were within a possession on the last drive. Yeah. And last season, when you beat him in in Arrowhead, you blew the doors off him. Yeah, we all remember what happened in the playoff game. If you're going to beat them, I think it has to be by ten points or more. Yeah, you're you're probably right. 
I, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I think it's still going to be a close game, but what do I know? I'm just a moron. Yeah, I know. All right, that being said, watch the game on Sunday, then come hang out with us to break it down. Tap at 1761 Scottsville Road. We'll be there hanging from 6 to 7, taping the show. It'll be probably a shorter one. We went long. I Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Yeah. Right. The, for those just tuning in to the last 30 seconds of the episode. Uh, my name's Ryan. I've done radio for like five weeks now. This isn't radio. Or I, t- I treat it as radio. That's why this show is so good. Because right. it's like a radio show on your phone. Sure. Radio show in a box. Or wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. Like the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you at Tappet on Monday. Again, the day after the Chiefs game, 1761 Scottsville Road. Big thank you again to former Bills wide receiver Stevie Johnson for hanging out with us today. Subscribe. Like. Tell your friends and family that one of the two Duffies is really, really good at doing this show. I'll let you guys choose which one. And they chose. (laughs) It's Let's Go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. Go Bills!